This is RPG A Day Month with Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Day 13, rest. Well, today's episode is all about rest. Now, I think... I think today's word is not a good word because I think most people will probably talk about this topic that I'm about to talk about. Um, I'm struggling to see any other way to interpret this word other than to talk about resting, about the the resting mechanic in in games. And um, I suppose you could you could talk about all the rest of something. That seems pretty floppy <laughs> as a subject um, and resting is actually really interesting because obviously different games treat it in really different ways and um, from from um, ones where, which are very stingy about what they give you through resting to others that are um, impossibly generous um, having read a lot of the angry GM Scott Ream, who who I think is brilliant, actually. Um, although he didn't like me talking about him on my podcast a while back, I got I got told off pretty severely on his Discord for that. Sort of hung out to dry, really, and then had pot shots taken at me by his supporters. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, I still have nothing but but positive feelings about him, even after he became a little bit of a COVID denier. Oh well, let's hope he's not listening to this. I'm sure he isn't. Anyway, um, he um, he's written lots of articles on on the Angry GM website, which is an amazingly good resource, amazingly good um, about about the the adventuring day and the problems with the adventuring day. Um, because, as we all know, and this is of course talking about D and D fifth edition. The the balance of of the game, or, or rather the challenge of the game, the challenge of an encounter, is gauged, is stipulated on on having. I can't even remember now. I think it's I think it's eight encounters per day, or something like that. Maybe six. I don't know. It's quite a lot, and that means that many encounters before you take a long rest. Um, now, the problem is that any any sensible players would w- would be very wise <laughs> to not have eight encounters in a day and then rest, because by the last one you're going to be um, you're going to be severely taxed. Now, it does also take into account the fact that these eight encounters don't all have to be combats. You know, several of them could be social encounters or or um, a puzzle or something like that. But it's predicated on, you know, this is the amount you can get done in a day. And let's say five of those are combats, five of the eight, let's say. Um, when you look at the encounter builder maths in D&D 5th edition, it is, it is based around the assumption that the party will have used resources during that day and 
and and that's how they came up with the formula for calculating whether something was going to be an easy, a medium, a hard, or a deadly encounter. I believe those are the the, the grades, the scalings. And if you go to, there's a very good website called Cobalt Fight Club, um, where you can go and just basically plug in the monsters you want to fight and the level of of all the characters. And it just quickly then spits out the the XP award and the XP value, which then equates to a difficulty rating of either easy, medium, hard, or deadly. Now note, a deadly encounter does not mean a TPK. I think some people make that um, mistake. Deadly means that at least one of the party might go down to zero hit points. So it's a little bit of a misnomer, because going down to zero hit points in D&D 5th edition certainly doesn't mean you're dead. In fact, very rarely means you're dead. So it's not it's not deadly as in completely deadly and will kill kill you all. Um, but the problem is, and as Scott has correctly identified, no no D and D parties have eight encounters before a long rest. They're probably done after three or four. And if one of those isn't a combat encounter, what that means is that you just blow through everything because you don't have to preserve your resources you can blow through your third level spell slots like you know like they were water like it was a free lunch you can use your twice a day abilities your wild shape or your um, divination dice or or whatever um, without any real concern that you're going to be you're going to be struggling later on in that day um I don't really want to talk about this much more. I I do I I have been finding I do find it a little bit kind of irritating when players want to rest too often. Um it it breaks up the day. It's it's not heroic. It it kind of adds all these unnecessary backtracks. Um you can do things like making it impossible to rest somewhere in the dungeon but then or or wherever the environment that they're in. But then that kind of feels like you're just nerdling and you're you're just manipulating, um, but yeah, I I I think it it is a bit of a problem, and you know people get pretty angry about <laughs> not angry but the pretty pretty um, dismissive of of how easy D and D fifth edition is because you can you can regain so much from resting. Um, it's like a you get your cool down and then you're back to full strength. Now, let, moving on. <laughs> So, Tales from the Loop um, essentially although it might not seem like it when you first look at it has an almost identical rest mechanic not that you can die in Tales from the Loop but in order to get back all of your resources you need what is the equivalent to in D&D of a, of, of a, of a short rest or you could argue it's a long rest. It's it's not defined in that way in Tales of the Loop. But essentially, when you take either one or more or all your conditions and become broken as as a character in Tales from the Loop, um, all you need to do is spend some time with a trusted person and you get it all back. And yet, that feels actually fine <laughs> and and doesn't disrupt the, the the flow of the game and fits perfectly well with the with the reality that's being created because you know as I said before you're kids and and when you get scared you want to go home and spend time with mum or, or 
or just to hang out with your your buddies and and have a cry on their shoulder and so that makes perfect sense whether the idea of recovering from all your injuries and trauma and whatever in 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 you know half an hour that's probably a little bit more <laughs> stretching it but but um the basic idea works really well um the 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 problem with a short rest in um in D&D 5th edition and I don't know whether this is I might have heard this on a podcast or read it somewhere but but actually I I I I've kind of felt the ludicrousness of it at all um, ludicrous of it as well um it's the short rest in in some ways is more more bizarre and problematic when you have a short rest in D&D you don't get all your resources back but you can decide how many hit dice you spend um and that and that determines how many hit points you get back so it is very weird if you think about it you as a character <laughs> sit down and through some unexplained power that you have you can decide how well you want to be healed <laughs> you know you can say you know what i want to be completely healed or try at least and i'm going to and i'm going to do that or you can say you know what i think i'd like to k- keep that limp going for a bit longer <laughs> and just decide to have a bit of it healed so it is very silly it really is very silly like mechanically as a game mechanic it's great actually it's perfectly fine as a as a piece of storytelling it's completely insane anyway there's another type of rest in of course my favorite game well there's two types of rest the first one isn't that interesting in Call of Cthulhu um, you get back one hit point per day <laughs> oh it's brutal it's brutal um, yep through normal rest you would get back one hit point per day now in Pulp Cthulhu that goes up to two whoop de doo um, and of course there's some other things you can do so there's first aid which um, which in uh, original <laughs> original flavor Cthulhu um, gives you one hit point and in, in, in special ranch dressing flavor or pulp Cthulhu rather uh, it gives you a d4 um, and then you can also if you're lucky enough and someone knows medicine they can spend an hour dressing your wounds and then you can get back some more so it's pretty limited how many hit points you can get back um, you've got to be lucky to get back a decent amount in a day you know you might end up just getting a couple back and um and that's that's hazardous but that's not very interesting the interesting part the really interesting part is how you get sanity back um through resting and in fact you don't <laughs> you can't get sanity back from resting this is the this is the the thing that that i think freaks out players when they realize it that one of the most important um, measures of, of of how well or ill you are, sanity, it doesn't really come back. Or it does, but it's complicated. So what is brilliant about the sanity mechanic in Call of Cthulhu is that it starts off pretty high and I think it gives the players this full sense of security that, well, you know, I've got 60 sanity points here. Um, I'm fine. I mean, I only, you, know, you lose a couple of sanity every time you have a, you, you know, face something. 
and initially that is the case. Initially, most players start off with a, a, at least 50. If you're really unlucky, you're... Well, actually, it's nothing to do with luck, because um, you decide how many saving points you, get, you, you start with. It's your power score. So, if you know what you're doing, <laughs> you're going to give yourself at least 50, possibly 60, and, and maybe even more, because um, power is pretty useful in a lot of different ways. So, it seems like this, this very decent, healthy resource. But then, as the campaign progresses, people start getting that, um, that feeling. You know that feeling when your phone's running out of battery? <laughs> and it gets down to about half. And even though that's still a lot of battery, you start feeling anxious. Well, that's what it feels like when your sanity goes down to about 40 points, or, or, or thir thir between 30 and 40 points. Um, and, and I'm saying this purely from observation because um, I've, I've um, never had my sanity go down to that level. I've only played as a player a couple of times, so I've seen it in a lot of other players. And it is interesting. It's very interesting what happens at that point because um, they start to realise that no matter how successful they are in the game, this is a one-way street, um, more or less. It's a one-way street, and the more sanity you lose, the more likely it is you're going to lose sanity again, because as your score comes down, it becomes harder and harder to pass for sanity rolls, obviously. I mean, not obviously, you need to know the game system, but um, just to exemplify, when you have 60 sanity, you need to roll 60 or below on a on percentile to to um, to make to, to not lose sanity from witnessing something horrible. In some cases, you can't avoid it at all. It just you, you just lose less than you would if you'd failed the roll. Um, but of course, once you start losing it, your target number starts coming down, and and so it becomes progressively harder and harder um, to make those sanity rolls. So yeah, that that's this kind of. The, the, the light bulb goes on above the player's head at, at some point, and, and then they realise that, oh, this isn't D&D. This, is, this probably is only going to end in one, one way. Well, two ways. <laughs> um, you know, I'm either going to get killed, or I'm going to lose my mind. And, and, and of course, as everyone knows, that happened for the first time in our campaign a few a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was pretty... You know, it was pretty traumatizing for some of those, some of my players, especially when you see a great old one, and the sanity roll isn't a d6; it's a d100. I mean, that could literally wipe you out. Bang! First, you know, freshly made character sees uh, sees Azathoth. Bang! Gone. <laughs> Just from seeing him. <laughs> okay, but but then what does resting do? Resting does nothing. Okay. Resting does something, does something quite subtle. So every day, every day, um, let's say every day for now, and I'll explain, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Every day, you reset your floor, okay? So you can, bad stuff can happen to you well before you reach zero sanity. You can have bounce of madness, and you can have this other unpleasant thing, which is called indefinite insanity. This is not permanent insanity, to be honest, I think they should rename this because um, because what what is the difference between indefinite and permanent? I guess there is there is a difference. Indefinite means you don't know how long it's going to last. Permanent means it lasts forever. So actually, I take that back. They are right. Indefinite is a perfect word for it because 
it is ongoing and will last for some unspecified time until you can become sane again. Temporary insanity is when you have a, a short bout of madness. You kind of, you just lose your marbles for a few minutes or, or even a few hours. But indefinite insanity, that, that means, that happens when you've lost um, a fifth of your, of your total sanity in one day, okay? So let's say you've got 50 sanity and you go and do, do a bunch of crazy stuff expose yourself to the mythos and you lose 10 sanity in that day bang you are now indefinitely insane you cannot you cannot just recover that um however there are of course ways of stopping being indefinitely insane the the primary one is to get therapy and of course there are rules for that in the game as well and ultimately if you are indefinitely insane um, you will be able to, to get therapy and, and come back for that at some point. It may take a long time. You're going to be vulnerable. Um, uh, you're going to be fragile for that whole time that you are indefinitely insane because literally any time you lose any sanity, you're going to instantly have a bout of madness. You're going to have delusions. Any phobias and manias are just going to be permanently there bubbling under the surface and ready to manifest at any moment. You are really in bad shape when you're indefinitely insane. And to be honest, I haven't really... Um, um, run it very well. I don't think I. I don't. I, I don't really want to punish the players so much because it really is quite punishing to be indefinitely insane. You could. Um, you could say that that it's it's kind of like having a, a serious wound. It's like having a um, you know a broken leg, and you aren't going to shake that off, and it's really going to hamper you. So I kind of don't really. I don't really play it out too too much. Um, or I don't run it perhaps as, as brutally as I as I could be if I was a real dick. <laughs> okay, but then then how do you actually get um, sanity points back? Yes, okay, I can have therapy to cure my indefinite insanity. And I think this is fascinating. It's very abstract, perhaps even more abstract than than any other healing mechanic I've ever seen. Because it's based on Okay, technically, mechanically, it's based on completing a, um, a chapter or a scenario. Um, so it's a little bit strange in that you're going mad, you're going mad, you're going mad, you're going mad, you finish the adventure, and boom, you're better again. <laughs> so it's a bit strange because, you know, narratively, it, it, but, it, but narratively it kind of makes sense. It's you, you've overcome something and that therefore you, you, you're mentally, can, can rebalance and find your, find your neutral space again. As, uh, as presuming Ed would say. Another with Nell and I reference. Maybe I should try and get one in in as many episodes as I can. Yes, presuming Ed. Um, find your neutral space, man. That's, that's, uh, that's Danny and presuming Ed's whole thing. Anyway. Um, so yeah, at the end of the scenario, or at the end of the, I don't know, chapter, if it's, an, if it's a long campaign like Masks, um, everyone gets a, awarded sanity refreshes and these are determined by the events that have happened during that chapter and um, of course it wouldn't be Call of Cthulhu if um, if there wasn't also the chance of losing more sanity <laughs> at, uh, at the end of the chapter because um, let's say you've done all the right things then you can get a bunch of dice rolls to just ref you know gain that number of sanity points but let's say something really awful has happened and you didn't stop it or you were somehow responsible, you can also lose more sanity. So um, yeah, there's no free rides. There's no free rides. But I am pretty sure, um, I, I wouldn't wanna 
um, entirely bet my life savings on. But I am pretty sure that during the course of, of this campaign, there is no way that those sanity refreshers can can fully compensate for the amount you lose during the chapters. So all they are is a way of dying less quickly. That's all they are.